back. Welcome to Print Your Games, the podcast for 3D printing enthusiasts, all of us gamers who make our own toys. I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowers, also known as Lost Spheres. Kristen, what have you been into lately? I randomly found some STLs while I was on drive-thru looking at their new releases. Uh, uh-huh. You know, I just do that. I was looking for PDF stuff and, and new, you know, PF1 or 5e content or whatever, just kind of right. like browsing through there. And I see this this weird hard suit um, game, which is actually a setting for, uh, I guess, the index card role playing game from Runehammer. And okay. I've never actually played that, but I saw these little chonky mechs or golems, and and you can't quite see from our little our little graphic, but if you're if you're listening, these are like big, like almost imagine like a kind of remind me of Big Daddy, right, from Bioshock a little bit, okay. but they're but they're a little more uh, slick. Uh, the main one that is in the image that we're showing here has kind of like filigree, and it kind of has like this maybe maybe steampunk, but it might also be sci-fi. Just a really good usable mini, and its its morphology is almost, I don't want to say chibi, but it's kind of verging on it. It's got right. a very um, large kind of tank body. When I say tank, I don't mean just, just tank. It is definitely a tanky thing, but it's also like a swollen, like it could be containing like, a person inside it or a little furry cute animal i don't know and it's got like yeah. big huge punching arms and tiny tiny legs it's um, like a ruined punk mech if there was like a uh cryo chamber that had arms and legs i think that's a, a great one yeah absolutely yeah james says they remind him of the guys at the beginning of the fifth element i think that is true and then there are other body styles one of them that's also really cool is kind of like a little monster looking thing that's kind of like a like it mm-hmm. swallowed its pilot maybe um right. known that like the pilot would be in crystal anyway they're just really neat very unusual and i had absolutely no project in mind for them i just thought they were unusual and thought hey maybe i should make those so i, I printed those up but then i had to assemble them and i think we'll be getting ah <laughs> uh, yes and that is one of the reasons i asked the question is yes so it yes. comes in a bunch of little kits and you can pose and assemble it however you want right yeah yeah you get arm sets and and leg sets and everything's mm-hmm. pretty good scaling wise I will, I will give them compliments aside from their drilled arms which i think are about 30 percent larger than everything else in the file pack for some reason i don't know why okay. um i don't like if i printed them at their actual size i don't think they would have fit any of the the body's little like arm nooks mm. you know and they're just kind of your, your your typical you know kind of beveled in little little uh depression um just kind of rounded and then the, the arms themselves have kind of like a little round bevel and you just kind of match that up and glue it as best you can cool. if you're right. me <laughs> it reminds me of like some of the war machine mechs back in the day with like ball and socket joints so that you could pose on oh, yeah and yeah and a lot of modular way. kits even are that way right. now when you get them like even artisan guild kind of is that way my favorite thing to do with those was to pose like who pick whichever warcaster i was going to have leading my army mm-hmm. and whoever their main mech was to pose it identical in the pose that the warcaster was posed like it in. was being puppeted by the warcaster yeah, exactly like yeah it, it is a fun way to put man i miss war machine but i kind of really don't i really why wish, don't you uh in the later half of that game's life it kind of took a, a nosedive in, in in for various reasons um, oh, it's okay. uh, unfortunate um also that community got super competitive in ways that i'm not in good here. for them good it, for them yeah yeah like one of the stores that really like demolition games here is just mm-hmm. huge even still into it and it became like wow really primar- primarily their game for quite some time um, like here yeah. you couldn't even give the stuff away anymore 
Oh, interesting. Interesting. So yeah. when you say nosedive, like it's popularity died off? Like no, like pennies on the dollar discount bin for all of it. Wow. You should, you should hook me up because, I, you know, if I, if I can't find good proxies. Like if anyway. you want to be hooked up, I've got three armies that you're welcome to. <laughs> the reason why I say this is I don't know if you know, but Privateer mm-hmm. Press just did a 5e campaign setting with all those minis Ooh. as monsters. I even have a few of the big giant jacks, like the like seven inch tall ones. Like the, do you have the big, um, like, uh, Ruberos? Like the big, yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those things are neat. But, um, yeah, there's a, a campaign setting for that. And they're actually just doing their third Kickstarter for it right now. But, um, they've had two come out already. And I love modular minis. Like, and, and, you know, because I love posing and customizing my stuff. And I've said many times on the show that digital kit bashing is one of my favorite parts of this hobby in modular kits give you all this freedom like you can swap heads and when you buy a bunch of kits from like even from different completely different vendors then you just are multiplying and multiplying your options it's like you have your own folders filled with your own personal much higher quality hero forge yeah and then there's people but like that's me not how that you did like, it did you no i i, I printed it normal and, and was trying right. to glue it and i said trying because like if you look at this guy uh, and, and you know for anybody who's listening i i have an arm and a leg on him out of his oh that leg wiggled yeah i see so it's not that good um and this is uh 26 minutes before we started the show i started trying to put these on and letting them dry with super glue right. and as you can see i'm not even i'm halfway done kind of right and it's not your fault Kristen. and s- certain types of resins are worse than this is other but a lot of resin sometimes just does not like to play well with glues at all it's true it's yeah, true and most of the glues that, that work well for me are exceptionally short, slow curing and i should have brought mm-hmm. some zapagap like some right. accelerate accelerant here but i didn't so yeah that is uh, the secret you have to have accelerant um my hope is that by the end of the episode i'll have it you know, yeah, Gorilla Glue. That's good stuff. This is my favorite to use for 3D printing. It is gel super glue from Gorilla Glue. It is unfortunately some of the most expensive super glue you can yes. buy. Yes. And it and oddly, burned through this very fast. Oddly easier to find at like like Home Depot and stuff than it is at like hobby stores. I go to hobby stores and all they have is like, you know, this everybody's seen this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cover the name on it, but this like insecure oh, and it's, yeah, it's that's... branded. It gets it gets like I yeah, think you're it, talking about um, Bob Smith Industries, BSI. Yeah, this is I, a no, favorite for model makers. Uh, they love this stuff. Yeah, and it's it's everywhere here, and everybody has a branded like their store name on it version. Um, like well, that one. Well, to be uh, fair, brands of super glue rarely matter because it's all cyanoacrylate. It's yes. just a very simple formula chemical that anybody can mix together. I think uh, Goobertown has a good video about that. Yeah, Goobertown is great for any chemical-like questions. You can, In fact, we're going to be probably referencing one of Goob's videos very frequently in an upcoming episode that a user has requested about the safeties of 3D printing uh-huh. that we're going to okay. have to t- cover. Um, but cool. doing research for that, if you've got any info or requests or questions for the safety, get that in so that... Uh, Don't while get we're it in your eye. Episode, and don't get it in your eye. Do don't not get drink it in a forbidden your milkshake. <laughs> don't huff it. Yeah. Uh, don't prime your minis in a small, unventilated area. I'm trying to think of things I've actually done. Let's see. Um, I've done it the way you're trying to do it, too, where you just <laughs> print a whole bunch of bits yep. and then use it to assemble models. Like, this is a whole lot of Ilhadil's El- High Elf kit to make Shadow Warriors. Yep. And underneath that, more. I think sure. some dragon shields and I mix it together with like oath marks and real kits and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. And, and there's a lot of fun. Just like get some, get some zap to make your life 
infinitely easier. Resin doesn't like it. The other thing is like sanding the resin a little bit on the sides will help. But when you, yeah, the second point. you do that, you have to wear a respirator because sanding resin is a great way to get resin dust in the air. Please to God be wearing a respirator when you do that. I'm sure I'll always do. That. You really should. Like <laughs> I know. It's like a. It is like a fast path to cancer town if you don't i've only dribbled the one once with that one. Oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh i'm still alive right. so what i, I, I am a cautionary tale that. listeners do not do anything I, I say i've done don't do it so whether it's pre-assembling modular kits or completely customizing and kit bashing minis my favorite thing to do is to do that before printing i pre i take my modular minis i get, open up blender i slap them all together customize them up and then I then I combine it all together, support the combined model, and print them whole. It saves me a ton of headache gluing. It it is so much faster to do that in Blender and then print them than it is for me to sit there for half an hour trying to glue a golem I think together. We're up to at least uh, almost forty minutes now, me trying to glue. Oh my I'm gosh! Limb three. Limb Please, three. gosh, go get a graphic app. Please go get it. <laughs> Not during the episode, obviously. Yes. Yeah, but like I understand that that. That can be intimidating because the second you open 3D software, it's like, mm -hmm. whoa, what am I doing? Like, as I said before and recommend on the show, I recommend Blender. Blender is a professional level software that is used by studios to make movies. And it's got all the controls. It is a very intimidating piece of software to open up and get lost in. Uh-huh. I like that word, yeah. intimidating, because so far, yeah. that's exactly what it's been. Some Even easier softwares that you can use is Mesh Mixer. Mesh Mixer is a lot more simple, but you know, still you should watch some quick tutorials on using it. Um, Blender, there's lots of wonderful user, you know, beginner tutorials on how to just basically manipulate stuff in Blender. Um, you've really, to, to customize your minis, you only need to know how to scale, rotate, and move objects. And to, you know, to even, if you want to get even deeper into like full-on digital kit bashing, like I want this dragon's arm on this giant robot mech because it's going to be giant robot mech with dragon arm. Like then, uh, then all you need to know is the booleans. The boolean. Uh, just learn how to do booleans, which is basically you you take a shape and use it to cut out another shape. Um, I'll get into the details on that, but. It is so much easier. Another piece of software you can use is uh, Microsoft 3D Builder. It's a completely free piece of software that is a wonderful piece of kit for every 3D printer because 3D Builder has a repair function that works mm -hmm. awesome. And sometimes I'll buy models or get models from a Patreon or something, and it will have holes in it and like not be a fully watertight mesh, or there'll be voids in the middle of it. And there's there'll be problems with the mesh. There's problems with the model, even That's when I get it from the artist. And yeah. 3D Builder can just fix that like nothing. Instant like nothing. repair done. And it and it's pretty good. It doesn't like add any. No, it's so much better than, yeah, huh. yeah, it doesn't do that nonsense. Like even Lachi, when it tries to auto repair, it's not great. Uh, Netfab Basic installer available on GitHub is from CCatalyst. That will do it too. Netfab's great too. Uh, 3D Builder, uh, if you've got Windows, is a little bit faster and more user-friendly than Netfab Basic, but Netfab will totally do it. And if you're not running Windows, Netfab's kind of your only option. Well, Netfab, it's actually, sorry, does Netfab allow you to kit bash or does it just do the repair function? Netfab is mostly for repairing. It doesn't, okay. it fixes meshes. I just wanted uh, to clear that up. saying 3D listening. Builder can mess with the ZYX scaling. I haven't had that happen but it wouldn't surprise me. Hmm, interesting to know this is all stuff that i it's all witchcraft to me right now i i am i'm your padawan tonight yeah so 
let's let's start talking about the basic of uh, the basics of digital kit bashing which is the goal here is that ultimately you can basically use every model that you've ever gotten as just parts to customize every other model you want and a lot of times when i'm buying kits or or pledging into campaigns that's kind of how i'm seeing them it's like i don't mind like an artisan guilds are great for this because all their parts are interchangeable with each other it's like i don't care about frog folk but those weird bases and those spears will be perfect for my orcs yeah and, the uh living armor stuff they had for those cls are perfectly cool for like biomancers or simic stuff if you're doing a mtg inspired DD game yeah and if you remember from a couple episodes back i'm talking about like i want my sci-fi soldiers but like i can't find the perfect sci-fi soldier kit but you know what i can find i can find heads i like bodies i like and guns i like and then sure. boom suddenly have the perfect sci-fi soldier for how i envisioned it or how i want it that's um, awesome which i say this and then red pilgrim just comes out of nowhere i was gonna say you also amazing set it was like holy yeah, crap just red like, pilgrim what those the heck just, those just look like kind of space cops and those look like just soldier dudes and yeah, yeah the soldier dudes are like they just they did a set of like not cadians that kind of look like a mix between call of duty modern warfare 2 if they were jo joined the imperial guard of warhammer 40k right and like I, it's good. the rhino has like a deuce and a half wheels and that's awesome <laughs> i thought uh you know we'd probably be saving this from the shout outs but since we're raving about them their Eldar pack or yeah, packs yeah. were insane. So yeah, big shout out to Red Pilgrim uh, miniatures. Also, their pledging is five bucks and five bucks, it, and, and currently you can get some of their back stuff. So it's worth yeah, worth every penny. Yeah, it's a wonderful pledge, and they keep doing some. Uh, I was a fan of them early. They they were one of the few that they they got some they got some GW attention real early on. Um, mm -hmm. They had some space marines, not yeah. space marines that were a little flying a little too close to the sun. Sure, those aren't available anymore but <laughs> uh, also give them kudos because they they tend to do two releases a month which is insane mm -hmm. usually yeah, one kind of character accurate. like high-end model and then a true but still it's really in high quality they definitely are yeah. sticking to their heroic style stuff because they know like they, they, they their models would blend in um they've got like and they like to take they do both like some of the more basic default looks and they also do like some of the special looks like their main line is desert hawks which is just like really desert and trench coats and goggle punk and you know you know desert punk style yeah. uh sci-fi soldiers and giant Could use a lot of games. and ah yeah yeah um they perfect for stargrave perfect for grimdark future perfect for 40k perfect for starfinder anywhere you need slightly futuristic looking sci-fi dudes they've got them yeah and also their kits are modular which leads yep. us back into what we're talking back about into the topic all right so you want to digitally assemble things. It really is as simple as what I like to do is I open up my editor. Like I said, Blender's my one of choice, but you can do this in Mesh Mixer or 3D Builder. And what I do is I just import all the parts that I possibly could want. If it's a modular set, I'll literally just import everything in the release into my scene all at once. And what will happen a lot of times it, uh, is that the way they exported it, they'll already be in position for the default pose with everything joined up. And Artisan cool. Guild's great for that. Uh, most other publishers are great for that. Um, and then the extras will be like organized in groups arrayed around them and above them. So it's like, every, it's, a, it's just basically just like a tool rack that you just pull down your parts and I'll just duplicate the parts and bodies and heads I want uh, and then move them off to the side and just start sticking them together. 
hmm. and then you can you can select just the model that you've built with all the parts from either the set they came with or other sets that you've brought in to customize it. So you can I can just bring in heads, and then you can easily rescale the parts to match what you want. In fact, a, a hack I like to do to make sure that everything will connect is that if if they have a situation where the chest piece itself is separate from the legs and arms and stuff, which is a very yeah. common option, very. I'll take that and make it 102% scale in place so that it gets a little bit bigger. And I know when you're combining parts digitally, you want to make sure that there is some overlap where the meshes intersect each other so that they right. will actually print connected. I have had it before where I've gotten that a, a little too loose and I print it off and take it off the support and the arm just falls right off because it wasn't close enough. I have a couple questions. First mm -hmm. off, is this one of the things you use your VR thing for? No. 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 Okay. So that's that's a, just for sculpting, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Second question is like, so when you're lining these up and you've done the upsizing and everything, do you the, is there a function when you have everything in place that like says make this all one mesh? Like, is there a thing that does you that? You can do that. You can do called remashing okay. or combining. It's actually better to do that in 3D Builder, in my opinion, because it it's a little bit more clean. Uh, you can do okay. it. basically I, you can export your combined object and then you can remesh it or recombine it or repair it in 3D Builder and then they'll just make it one solid object and not separate shells. That's what it's called shells when you have more okay. than one part. That's but you make it sound like that's not something you do very much. No, I don't even bother with it because okay. uh, because the the default slicers for resin printing. Mm -hmm. This I hear that with FDM printing that this can be a bit more of a problem because of how that maps the pathing of mm -hmm. the models. But for resin printing, overlapping and intersecting shells do not matter if you're using Chi2Box or similar software to print because it just prints the silhouette of what those things should be at that layer as one piece. It's not trying to do pathing. It doesn't care where the walls are. So it here's just, a question about the silhouette. That, uh -huh. If you've got your, your, your silhouette and everything mm -hmm. and, and say you're, you know, uh, a two-bit hack like me and you use auto supports, is that right. going to cause problems with all those individual pieces? Is it going to try to do like auto supports through things into those pieces or is it going to just, just know the silhouettes there and just do that? So auto supports by default in Lachi, I'm going to say Lachi first, cause that's where I'm doing my auto supports, but fresh is pretty good about this too. They usually will try, will not do that. I have had that happen on occasion. Just keep an eye out for it. Cause then you can just delete that support or move it. Mm -hmm. Um, where it will go through the model instead of, uh, it, but like all the supports are usually designed to not intersect with the model itself. Uh, that's kind of important though. It will sometimes happen when that happens. Just, you know, give your, give your model a spin when you see the supports to make sure that, that you don't have a shaft running straight through its arm. That's a bad. Thing. Well, like when I do my clunky, you know, mm -hmm. low, low budget version of this, I, I do collision on the plate and that, definitely oh. shoots auto supports through. Mm -hmm. and then i have to go through and try to mm -hmm. tediously click them out it's sounding like you know both of these options are much slower if you do it and export it as an stl by itself it shouldn't do that if you do it in blender you do it in mesh mixer and you support it as just one stl and if you're having that problem throw it in throw it in 3d builder repair it as a single mesh it'll solve that problem and you'll kick out you know, one shell, one combined object with no intersections. So are you saying like do that on like your your normal print program and then save it and then like have I'm confused. Your print program should not be involved until it's time to print the mini. Okay. Yeah. So 
do it do it from like lychee or something and yeah no not even lychee not even lychee okay <laughs> yeah you're done with the okay so you open up the software you intend to combine it with. Can you do these kind of hacky conversions inside your slicer? Yes. Should you? No. Because no. those are designed for slicing and printing things. They have basic support for this, but they don't have like actual support for this. I can um, can verify. Can yeah. verify. So don't do it in your slicer. Get mm. Blender, get Mesh Mister, get 3D Builder, whatever one you're comfortable with. And that's where you do your combining. Like here is, uh, here's some elves that i've some high elves that i have done recently the, my sea guard that i've shown off a few times on the show are heavily kit bashed like i chopped the tops of their spears off because they were tridents and then i put normal spear tips on them instead um they're all pre-combined into poses that i wanted i put the backpack with the bow exactly on their backs and put it there exactly how i wanted it the heads are from a completely different high elf kit that because i didn't want fins on their heads so i just got normal looking high elf hats uh these are sounds all like you kind of seed your seed guard got rid of their I, head vents and their tridents yeah they were they, they were overly see and i de-seed them a little bit to look more like the total war sea guard uh now on the flip side they still have you know they still have scale boots they still have the 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 overcoat armor instead of the uh they look the traditional armor really cool but they mm -hmm. do look like Dragon Guard to me. Yeah, these uh, this is from Lost Sword, and this is part of their Dragon Kindred versions of the High Elves. So they ah, all see? have a dragon this, this thing. This is why too. I'm like this. This yeah. vibes Dragon to me. Yeah. Very scary, so very cool. So, you know, I've swapped out parts and, and combined them together. And then I would, then after I got that done in Blender, I would take the finished model into Lachi to support it. And then I would take the, export the supported file and print it in Chi2 box. You print from Lachi, you can just print it straight from Lachi. I, I know it's dumb that I don't need to do this step. I should be able to just slice in Lachi, but I still, it's just part of my habit that I will export the supported STL from Lachi to print in G2Box. You know, once you get your rhythm down, disrupting it, I don't know. And once they're all printed out, I painted them up and they look glorious. They do. They do. And like, honestly, I would not necessarily have thought that wasn't how they always were meant to be. Just looking at that, I wouldn't. And that's that's one of the advantages of having a 3D printer because digitally kit bashing and then printing, it looks like it was a produced product that you bought from a blister pack in the store right absolutely i mean if, you, if you're just listening to this i recommend going to the website and checking out some of his his seaguard that are this this kit badge because they just look like that's yeah straight out of a blister pack is the right way to say it now when you're combining things from kits or you're doing custom combining it's important you do have that overlap so that the parts connect you want to watch out for voids or pockets you don't want to make air pockets inside the model or where, where resin will get trapped when printing uh -huh. um and you want to make sure you have a nice solid connection sometimes that's hard to do because when they some artists when they make these models they intentionally oversize the connection so that there's some give because if if the socket was actually 100 percent accurate you would almost never be able to successfully put them together so the hole is usually a little bit bigger than the socket that goes into it I will attest that this model I'm trying to glue together right now is a victim of this because these are definitely bigger than their, their divots. Right. So what I often do there is what I call digital super glue. Yeah. Where I will create a simple sphere 
and then place it between the joints so that the sphere is making the connection hmm. that the joint never did. Like this is real common for like head joints where I'll just throw a simple sphere into the neck hole before I put the head down because the heads were meant to like sort of free flow into a socket there. Yeah. And sometimes when you get the, the uh, when you get them close enough to where it actually will go, get a solid intersection, their chin is like, way too into their chest at that point yeah, so i'll I just totally raise it on that. up and yep. throw us it's like it's like just think of it like a digital version of a little ball of green stuff that you're shoving in there to make the joint solid and that's what you're doing you're going with just the sphere because it's kind of less obtrusive than like a cylinder would be or also a sphere because of its shape it has very little chance that any part of it won't be printable even without supports Okay. Yeah. So it's like nice gradual curves. It's an organic shape too. So even if parts of it's visible after the print's done, it will just look natural when you print it hmm. and paint it yourself. It's uh, and also it's real easy to size and and because you can like squish it in different directions, make it flatter, make it longer, make it oblong, egg shaped, whatever. It's real easy to like man manipulate a sphere to be exactly the joint you need it to. Cool. That is yeah. a good tip. So that's a tip for that. Uh, um, the other tip is that to make sure that you do rescale your parts to match each other. Nothing looks a little more weird than the left hand twice as big as the right hand. I mean, unless you're going um, for that, like a mongrel man or something. Oh, sure, sure. If it's intentional, then absolutely go for it. But yeah, um, most of the time you and, probably yeah. need to see. And that's for the basic part. So that's how you can just pre-assemble okay. in, in 3D and then get it printed. And like if you're using modular kits, that's great. So what happens if you don't? If you want to go a little bit further, you're not just swapping parts from modular kits that are meant to be parts. Like these spearheads uh -huh. were not modular. Okay. Um, I used the, and the, because they were like the, the model in question wasn't like wrist joint. It was like the full arm is the modular part holding the spear in that position. Yeah, you couldn't just I didn't swap, want swap. to try to just swap in another spear. So right. what I did in that case is actually just sliced off the top. And how do you do a slice? The easiest way to do a slice is using booleans in whatever program. Now, now Mesh Mixer has a cool feature where you can actually just do a planar slice where you just line up the sphere vertically and then you can bring down a plane and say, cut along this vertical line and it'll split it into two pieces. That's useful. Um, but what if I, in Blender... And for more complicated cuts, I use what's called a Boolean. So what I do is I'll take the model that I want to chop a piece off of, and yep. then I will take a shape, usually a square or a sphere, depending okay. on what kind of shape it is, or just a rectangle. And I'll sur completely surround the part that I either want to cut off or I want to keep, depending on what's going to be easier for the operation. And then you run a Boolean operation where you tell the 3D problem, I either want to keep Everywhere this shape intersects with this object, I want to keep that. Uh -huh. Or you tell it everything but where this shape intersects this object, I want to keep that. So you're either, you know, keeping the part you surrounded or you are cutting away the part that's outside this shape, depending on what's more convenient. Um, you said like, you would use a circle sometimes and a square sometimes. like Right, like if I'm cutting of off a whole arm or, mm -hmm. or something like that. I'll take a circle and surround the arm instead of the opposite so that the rounded edge is sticking out from the piece I want to keep okay. so that it's easier to join that up later. To another thing. Okay. So that's exactly. why it's a circle. And if I wanted that to be reverse, like it's a glove and I want it to be convex, I would do the opposite of that. 
right cut in with a circle. So why would you use a square then? A square is if I want to slap a, just a straight line. What with okay. these spears, I was able to like line it up perfect for that spear tip I wanted right at the the part where the decorative uh, connection hits the shaft. Mm -hmm. So that I was able to just do a smooth, perfect cut right along that line. Nice, cool. And so that's how you can do you know cut off pieces of one model and add them to the other it's it's super easy uh once you do that it's just like it's a module and in fact one of the things i've done it but you can go further yes you can go further okay. you can go further than this and one of my magnum opuses ways okay so learn a little bit of 3d sculpting um you know opening up the sculpting tab you can squish distort smooth out carve shapes like you can create things from scratch you know there's that's how these models are created if you just learn a little bit to be dangerous you can do a whole lot of customization so this is yashinoko's um uh lancers uh, mm -hmm. that I have here. A favorite set of uh, one of my first 3D printed models. I printed off a whole bunch of these to be my spearmen for my human kingdom of Rordia army when I was first getting into Kings of War. But, King but Rordia is an alliance of men and halflings working together to defend uh, the realm. You love me, your halfling. I do love me my halflings. So I wanted some matching halflings to go with these these spearmen here. I think and so I did. I did. took the bodies Holy and plumped them out and shrunk them. I took some halfling heads from Monsters Encounters halfling kits. I took their furry feet uh, from that kit too. I had to re-sculpt the feet a bunch to get it to fit. Um, and I, you know, I took cut their boots off. I made some little uh, so these guys. Did, is that the trunk though of like one of the normal suit soldiers like? Distorted yeah, down that's their to be... body. Yeah, that I, I shrunk and flattened and plumped out by pulling on it, and uh, you and just like like it's a piece of toffee that. Uh, that I you know I hobbited it up. I took the helmet, I sliced the helmet off the top of one of their heads. I took a halfling head and shoved inside the helmet so that it's a halfling head inside the helmet instead of just one of the human heads. I mean, they definitely uh, look like a halfling unit. That is really cool. And then I took this model, and because. Uh, I wanted to be able to have several different poses of these halflings. Mm -hmm. I then put a skeleton rig inside of it in Blender. Oh, wow. Now, when you start putting skeletons inside of things, then you can completely repose them. So it doesn't even matter what they're posed like. You can move the arms, the legs, and weapons, and arms, and heads, and everything. And heck, if you rig it out enough, you can even change the expression on their faces. I haven't gone that far yet. I usually yeah, just didn't manually Adam do that. Didn't from Twin Goddess say he does, does that? He can actually do their yes, facial expressions? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it's very obvious that Comet Lord does it, too. Yeah. A lot of the artists will do that. And it makes sense. Like, make things in an A pose and repose them in the different poses as you want yeah scott from common lord streams his sculpting process and it's just hypnotic sometimes i just watch like him smoothing out textures or making chain mail and i'm like it's so calming anyway and then i was like i want to take this a little bit further they don't need to just be spearmen i have a whole bunch of foot guard that needs some halflings in it so i, mm -hmm. I took those same halflings uh, changed up the armor a little bit gave them a sword and a rapier from a different kit entirely reposed this is the a pose version i ended up making like six different poses of fighting stances for this halfling and printing them out that's um, really cool then i mixed them where's the I mixed them in. You're seeing a whole bunch of. Here's a bunch of the halflings after I painted them, and I've lost. I've lost the link, but uh, I mixed them in with the normal spear line for the unit, and it just looks perfect. It looks like they were always meant to be that way. Um, some more things is like I took a different halfling hero and put it on one of the chocobos from Lion Tower, and then like 
custom up some feet, grabbed a phoenix model, no, a, a griffin model, and pulled its wings off and then slapped it on the chocobo and because the chocobo wings. Black chocobos fly. We know we painted this. it black so it could fly because yeah. this model is meant to be a flying version of the honor guard, which are giant flying dogs. But I figured chocobos were better for halflings. Cool. I like it. So you can just go nuts once you once you have embraced the fact that you can just slice things their models and slap now it this, together. This makes my jaw drop. This thing. So it's very cool. I grabbed a small airship and made it chibi, and then I took some the shields from the, a Reinhardt scan from Overwatch and slapped it on the side in this really cool sphere magic thingy from some magic staff I don't remember. Put it in the back. Got some of Dan Kelly's halfling mages and put them together, floating off of it. Their their capes are actually intersected into the 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 side of the airship so that they're appear to be flying above it um and this is my shrine of sigmar being pulled by a, a chocobo instead of like boring old horses um, a vast improvement super yeah. cool and there was like so, some like the the there's floating on a cloud that was meant to be a flight base for a repulsor uh, nice. for a space marines so, like, so this yeah. is like this is from like four or five different fandoms here turning into your one thing Right, and I forget where I got the other lions, the round lion shields. Those got slapped on. And cast and play is where I got the magic book on the pedestal. Yeah, so it's even more. So many yeah. things combined into one really cool mini. It's just like actual kit bashing. It's just do it before it prints, and then it prints in one solid piece, and it all looks perfect because you've done it that way. So we're at 52, 52 minutes. Easy. Oh, and you finally got it glued together. Yes, where I could I have mean, just or you can in. print the parts out manually and, and glue them together. That's the other way you can do it. Yeah. I prefer my method, but you I think I like you. your method too. Here's another thing that also doesn't happen. You mm -hmm. don't grab the wrong body piece that has broken parts on it. Oh no. And then glue it. So yes, I've been gluing my fifty two minute glue job to realize it is in fact the broken print. So <sighs> I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. This is the cautionary tale. You should learn to do the sculpting and, and not sculpting, joining and, and posing and modularity in the program first, because mm -hmm. that, that would be uh, just, oh, crap, I'll just reprint this, mm -hmm. as opposed to, I just spent 50 minutes gluing together something that's pretty much broken. Now, the disadvantage of my method is you do end up with a lot of repeats of the same poses, because eventually I get lazy of how many different poses I'm going to do. If I have 24 models that I need in a unit, and I printed them all out in pieces, it's fairly easy to make sure each of them are slightly variants of each other. I usually don't make 24 unique poses oh, come if on. I'm doing them in advance. Quitter. I, I've done Quitter. 11 before, but never quite 24. Um, usually I just sort of like four or five. And, and I've, I've said before, three unique poses is all you need for the illusion that it's... But if you did around. 11 and then... Axis flipped them. You'd have a lot. Yeah, you would that's have a, a ton. You'd have a ton. That's, that's a lot. But you can do it as if you want twenty-four poses. It's nothing. It's 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 just you know make another copy of the body, move the legs and arms around, slap on a couple of different, like grab a different sword. It's it's super easy. You, it's really just what do you have time for? I I just worry sometimes because like you know I, I the sort of person I downloaded the Black Desert character creator just to make you know, different com like com combinations of people. I don't think I ever actually played the game, but like you can spend hours on that character creator. And I just mm -hmm. worry that, you know, if I get the ability to pose all my minis, it's all over. You'll never see me again. Well, you have that ability and I it's know. super easy to learn now. Yes, I, I will do it. I will do it. Yeah. Soon. And so in all of your kits, 
that you get from any mini creator is just spare part. Well, it'll definitely help me. Like I like, um, I think the tribe is called Fleshcraft Studios. Oh, those are super creepy. They're super creepy, and I love them. Of course, but you they're... like them. You love but... super creepy. <laughs> but they're all modular, and even uh, Bestarium started doing more modular mm-hmm. stuff. And so it's like, uh, like the idea when I print, it, I'm like, this is cool, horrible monster thing slurping across about. Oh, it's in 17 pieces. And there, there ends my efforts to print. Usually, and th- we should shout out to our favorite modular creators right now. Okay, actually, sure. So I mean, Titan Forge does yep. modular kit every time. Artisan Guild uh, yep. has been doing a modular since the beginning. They do solid bodies with heads and just modular wrists. Whereas Titan Forge does full on bodies and legs are together. The arms are at the elbows and that's an interesting choice for them. But, you know, that's how they like to do it. Um, I don't like arms at the elbows. I like either shoulders or wrists. Shoulders or wrists, yeah. I agree with that. Um, I'll I'll throw out, of course, Puppets War um, has Mm -hmm. some good modular stuff. Uh, There's another one I was going to... Oh, Battle Yak. Battle Yak does good. I love Battle Yak's modular kits. And they're actually, if you're doing it this old, you know, crappy way, they're still pretty good to glue. The Battle Yak ones are pretty nice. For sci-fi reptilian overlords, mm-hmm. uh, it's like they all, all they do is different modular kits, and they expect you to cross-combine them with their other kits. Puppets War is the same way. All their kits are modular, and they expect you to, you know, obviously, since we said Titan Forge, Cyber Forge is the same way. Sure, sure. I mean, um, they usually have at least Cyber one Forge minute. is more modular. They oh, they really? go sh- they go arm they go the the torso is flat at the where the arm joins on most of their modular kits, which is a lot better than sh- the nail though. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think else to jump out at me. I know there's going to be something. I'm just going to kick myself here in a second. Vivictus. They recently did the big switch over to modular minis, and I know that they've said that that's been a lot of extra work on them. So I want to congratulate them. It makes their kits so much more appealing to me, especially since they're cross compatible with all their other kits. In fact, their kits are cross compatible with North Star Miniatures plastic kits. Oh, that's cool. Which is super awesome because I have so many bits from Oathmark and Frostgrave plastic kits that I've bought over the years. And War Games Atlantic is also uh, the same cross compatibility there. So if you've got War Games Atlantic, Frostgrave, and you just need some more bodies to put all those thousand extra arms and heads they have, look at Vivictus. They've got they've got the answer for you right there. If you're looking for like um, like mechs or uh, dark dark Eldar, but they're going to call something else now. Drukari, or I don't know how to say Drukari. Yeah, uh, I would say Edge Miniatures does some good mon- modular kits. Hmm. Um, and so does Dork Factory for, for the big mechs. And uh, they actually started doing some some very unique uh, bug aliens recently. I'm kind of bummed out because I had unsubbed for them for a month when they dropped their like base warrior pack. And I'm like, they're just very unusual, very different looking. If you want like Tyranids, but not Tyranids or Alien Hive for, you know, OPR or whatever. Um, very, very fun, different looking bugs. Mm-hmm. I like me bugs. Everybody knows that. Speaking of which, um, I think Wild Mesh, some of their stuff's modular as well. Wild Mesh, uh, Duncan Shadows, who we showed out to last episode, they do a lot of modular kits for their soldiers, and they just released Undead Frog people. Undead Frogs, something I asked for. I don't know that it's a, it might just be a coincidence, but it made me very happy anyway. Duncan, if you're listening to the episode, we appreciate the zombie frogs. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Also, they're, they're, they're one of the creators that switched to the $5 model, too. So Red Pilgrim and Duncan Shadow are $5 patrons. Gosh, I'm going to have to pick that back up. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, it's like, I love the $5 model for, like, you know, small select group of stuff for $5 is, is great. For a great way to support unique artists that it's really hard to compete with the Titan Forge, the 
the artisan guild, the epic miniatures, one page rules. Uh, one page rules does modular too. Uh, one page rules in Vivictus um, and a few others, they do both. You get the modular versions in the folder and then they pre-assemble default poses that you can also just print if you're not a modular fan. Right, which I, I really appreciate because there are days when like I really need, hey, you know, game's Monday, it's Saturday, <laughs> I need to print and paint that. And like the idea of going in and adding another step to like build it out is just like, ugh, right. can't do it. I but. just started my Saurian Warriors, and instead of doing like custom poses, I just printed the default poses for those. It was so much like I didn't like. I love that I have the freedom to customize, but sometimes I just want a lizard man holding the club. Right, absolutely. Especially if you need a bunch of lizard men holding clubs. But you can bet when it's time to print my general, I'm going to customize the crap out of that lizard. <laughs> course (laughs) he's gonna be riding the t-rex he's gonna look so awesome very cool i'm trying to think uh i don't a lot of i'm trying to think things like that 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 have modularity but don't like um lord of the print has like a builder right Uh, so you don't have to do that yourself onwards pretty goes ever on sorry i said lord of the print which is big monsters i meant their own builder thank you for knowing what i was thinking not what i said But, but 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 the builder just exports a custom zip file of parts Oh, so you still have to you have to fascinate it. You still so you still yep. need to do that step. Well, that that's okay. Then it's still I would still put it on our list because they do do very impressive modular kits. Yep. I have used their stuff to customize a bunch of wood elves and orcs. It's good stuff. All right. In the news, moving on from this topic, we've got the fact that the Saturn twos and Neptune threes are starting to hit actual customer hands. We're seeing yes. lots of people saying, "Yay, I just got it!" So. If if you pre-ordered those models during the big rush there, expect those soon. I got my shipping notification. I should have my Neptune 3 tomorrow, that FedEx Ooh. says. So I'm hoping to get that set up. I bet you that's what I just got a random stuff. FedEx, like, you're getting a package tomorrow. and, and It's probably your Neptune. I haven't compared tracking numbers, but I bet you it is since I got that shipping notification. So very cool. And we were talking a little bit about uh, before the show started with cast and play uh, their uh, interiors that it does look like uh, that's a resin focused terrain set. Even the walls are maybe printed in resin and they did a whole city where they made resin printable versions of the entire city tiles. Now that had a little bit of problem where when you try to print big resin chunks like that, like of their ship or of the buildings, because resin water Warps, you kind of have to do a little bit more work with green stuff to get it all pieced together. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the wall chunks, that shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't be an issue at all. They showed this really cool video of printing their door, which mm-hmm. is a print-in-place resin model. The door prints closed in Man. place. And then you push on it, the support breaks that is holding the door there, and it swings open on a hinge. That's very cool. I saw some chains like that that actually worked really well when I broke them apart. I really want to print one of those wiggle dragons, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, at at the uh, Minicon I was at, there was tons of those those wiggle dragons. I want want wiggle dragons. Speaking of that terrain interior. Has the Neptune 3 coming? I should just order some really cool filament. Yeah, there you go. And that Patreon that she does those models is really, really affordable, by the way. Um, but I was going to say before we stop talking about the terrain thing, since we talked about pirates a couple weeks ago, there is a pirate wall, pirate ship wall. So it does interiors of ships. And I thought, like, what a cool way to do that. Because when you're doing a map, it's already just the outline of a pirate ship. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, and then I was like, well, that's a really neat 
interior build out for your pirate ship. Very, very cool. So I'm strongly, especially where I'm getting Strahd uh, running up and running soon, I'm strongly thinking about just doing the ultimate dungeon terrain model where it's just a big circular ground texture and then using these walls to like. Yeah. Instead of like trying to build the whole dungeon on my table all at once, I could just the big, the big lazy focus Susan on the encounters and stuff. Like uh, Black Magic Craft just did one, and a couple other yeah. people have done. Them. Yeah, Professor Dungeon Master is the one that came up with the idea, and ah. but like uh, lots of people have kind of uh, riffed on it and and perfected it. And there was even a couple of like three D printable versions that hit Kickstarter recently. Um, my plan is maybe if, either doing it either as a circle or I was just thinking about just like printing off two square feet worth of terrain tiles and permanently gluing them together. Sure. And sure. And putting that on the lazy Susan. Yeah. It's got sharp edges, but you know, it doesn't matter if it's round or not. I did also see a new Patreon that had printable um, stamps and rollers for doing uh, a clay surface for the, that. Ha. Ah, see, yeah. So you print those out and then you just roll your, your really cheap clay across that big round surface, trim that off and let it cure. Yeah. And the guy I saw even had a, a grid stamp. So you can mm-hmm. just go to them when you're done, much everything, you just did your drill grid stamp and you got your, your, your inch grid if you use that in your game. And I was like, wow, that is really neat. I got these from a set off of Thingiverse for free, and the grid stamp is available there too for the same ah, purpose. I use cool. this on Dollar Store Foam Core. I yep. glue that to chipboard and yep. then run this across it, and that's how I do uh, my tiles. And I think that would be uh, a perfect base for using those terrain ones. Yeah. I could 3D print them from new printable scenery. <laughs> Heck, uh, the Kraken exteriors, I totally could. Like I am kind of looking at like printing the wilderness version of that out as an option for this. Like uh, the the ones that go on the corners of the tiles, you mean? Uh, no, it's like they've got a like, grass texture, just open lock tiles, like oh. wilderness textures as part of that whole Kickstarter they did a little while ago that I pledged in on. Maybe um, I missed that. I'm mo- I mostly did it just so I could get like the freestanding versions of the buildings and trees and rocks and stuff like that. But gotcha. they also had like an entire ship's interior as part of that. So sure. I can do that if I needed to, but um, I don't think that Curse of Strahd goes into outer space. I, I, I don't, don't think know so. yet. Unless you're really going to like do like a, a big spell jammer finish for it. I could make remap it as Vampire Hunter D's Curse of Strahd, mm-hmm. and then you're all on Mars with cyborg ponies. Cool. Though I think we only have Pathfinder rules for that. Although you could probably get that. Do you know how hard it was to track that down for my? Yeah, I don't have the physical one still. I lament that. I have the PDF, but I do not have Mm -hmm. the physical print of that book. I I had to track that down. I ended up getting it on an eBay lot where somebody had like bunched it in with a bunch of other stuff. I don't think they knew what they had. Huh? Yeah, but I'm surprised you didn't back it physical back. Maybe you probably were in a similar position I was. Yeah, I mean like. I love like podcasting. Don't make me rich, people. So uh, some, <laughs> some months are leaner than others, and that had a real expensive buy-in. It did. It did for the physical. Also, for sure. it wasn't announced as an official Pathfinder project until after the campaign. Yeah, which I thought was really weird. Like that they had like a playable class in it or two, and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And Wes Snyder wrote it, and I just yeah. like, I can't imagine a better person to write that source book than Wes. Absolutely, and it's got such little weird, creepy magic items in it that I still like. Buff for things to the state. 
All right, everyone, we are running out of time and steam on this episode. Uh, anything more you want to shout out to, Kristen? No, I think we got to the Red Pilgrim, so that was that was the one I was thinking of. If you want to support the show, you could do so by giving us a five-star review or you know any review, but we think we're a five-star podcast on iTunes or Spotify, or by giving us a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. It super helps the algorithm. Like, subscribe, ring the bell, all that jazz. It really does help to get our word out and appreciate if you uh, enjoyed the show to just take a few minutes to go do that if you want to find more of the show you can get subscribe to us on all the platforms over at printyourgames.com we're available on google spotify itunes wherever uh, and you know if you are having fun we just appreciate it if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at podcast at printyourgames.com or reach us at facebook.com slash printyourgames or twitter.com slash printyourgames until next time i'm jefferson j thacker also known as param I'm Kristen Sowers, also known as Lost Spheres. Don't forget to use your screen protector. And we will see you all next time.